Africa Business Report on The Money Show. Victor Khomaswana, Africa Business Correspondent on the line to us from Joburg this evening. Ebola is grabbing world headlines like it's something brand new. Victor, is it beginning to cost money? Well, it it is a worry, Bruce, I can tell you. Over 800 people now killed, and I don't think we appreciate quite how much this is going to knock the business, especially in East Africa. But Ghana has started banning flights from other West African countries that are affected because they are not quite sure. Countries like Guinea, Liberia, Sierra Leone, and Nigeria, because that's where the bulk of the cases have been reported. And ah, I don't know, I saw a headline that SAA is not yet banning West African flights, but... In the end, I'm sure that we are having lots of people who are postponing their travel arrangements. And one postponed travel, I mean, trip in business could mean a lot, especially in a fast-growing economy of the West African region. As we know now, Nigeria being the largest. For it to be affected by this, I don't know what kind of damage we are talking about here when this whole thing will be over. We're seeing this big U.S.-Africa summit in Washington, D.C. I've just spoken to Hendrik Tutoy, the chief executive of Investec Asset Management based in London. He is at the the big summit in uh, Washington, D.C. There seems to be a lot of really good stuff going on there. There's a lot of good stuff. I had General Electric talking about the $2 billion they are going to invest on the continent. We know their talk is not cheap. They are already big in Nigeria. They are already big in a whole lot of other countries. I'm talking about the fact that they're even discussing the very Ebola story. I had the United States saying they'll be, they'll be sending, what, 50 experts who are going to help in the next 30 days. I'm excited by the tone of the discussions. Unfortunately, as it happens always with summits, Bruce, we have to see what comes out of it and what action follows. Some countries will be much more practical. I saw lots of eminent African business leaders and all sorts of civil society and government leaders talking there. But I'm interested to see what follows out of that. But I know for a fact it's not all talk because most of the people talking there are already involved in a lot of projects on the continent. There's a lot of discussion happening in South Africa right now about the possible privatization or partial privatization of the electricity network generation and distribution. In Nigeria, they've also got a massive power shortage, probably far bigger than our own. They're far bigger. But remember, they have a target. They, are, they were targeting 6,000 megawatts by the end of December, and they are saying their new target is now 5,000. Although I've got to give Nigeria credit. They have opened room for independent power producers. They have opened space for much more diversified sources of electricity, and they're using gas. They're using a whole lot of other... So I am sure that it, this is one of the success stories of the next 10 years, Bruce. We're going to see a rising investment in this, but yes, at the moment, it is still true. When you're doing business in Nigeria, you've got to get ready to have a power failure on a very regular basis. In fact, there used to be a joke that their, un, their generators were the grid, and the, the, the main grid was the uninterrupted power supply, kind of. Because you, you, you hear this drone when you are in Lagos of generators that are having to supply, because the grid is just not reliable. But as I'm saying, one of the reasons Nigeria has grown as fast as it has is because it has been attracting billions of dollars in investments into the power sector. Uh, give me a sense of why Vale looks like it's getting out of Mozambique. 
No, no, it's it's a matter of Bruce. I think they committed themselves. Uh, you you heard about Rio Tinto also that they found a mine that they are selling. I think at a sixth of what they bought. But what they are doing is they are trying to find partners now to do their open cast mining that they are operating. But it's it's I think it's one of those cases that eighty percent of the Nakala of the Nakala railway, the corridor that they have put money in. It's, it's going to have to be converted in the end. They've put a lot of money, only 20% is owned by Mozambique. But I think they are looking for partners now because at the moment they have made a lot of investment in that province. And I believe if they are going to justify whatever return going forward, they're going to have to find other people to share that risk. So it's not pulling out. I think it's more realizing that the pie is far too big. And with Rio Tinto saying we are, we are exiting, they are going to find themselves not being able to meet the demand. At the same time, they have to say, well, we invested, maybe the return is going to take much longer unless we find a partner we might have find it difficult to justify the investment to our to our to our, to our partners Let, let's wrap up with zim plats of course zim plats a massively contentious asset this is the zimbabwe uh, platinum mines this is a company in which impala has got a big stake uh, of course they're spending a lot of money on zim yeah, plats will they get a return if you're in Zimbabwe, Bruce, you've got to set it out. $600 million they are going to have to invest to build refinery plants. This is part of what the government has demanded, that all miners should process their ore locally by the end of 2015. So it's a lot of pressure. And they already had talked about investing $1 billion. But to meet the government deadlines, they are already showing that they are moving in the right direction. In the end, Bruce, I don't think it's a bad thing for the economy of Zimbabwe. It's just that, as I say, you need to know that these legislative frameworks are going to be honored and not be changing all the time. That's the main problem. I don't think investors will have a problem. And that's why I think Zimplats are saying we are going to have to spend the investment. They will get the return. Definitely Zimbabwe has the depth in terms of reserves and already the experience and the pedigree as a platinum mining economy. Now, you and your good friend Aliko Dangote, of course, traveled around the African continent a lot. He was talking today about how going around the continent as the wealthiest man on this continent, he needs 35 visas. When are we going to shape up as a continent, Victor, uh, Victor yeah, and sort that, that, this mess out? I see Shua Kamunga yeah. this evening, who's, uh, who's one of these investor relations guys, saying Africa is the most inhospitable place for Africans when it comes to travel. You need sure. to get uh, uh, hard to get visa to fly from one country to the next. We we really do seem to be doing ourselves no favors on that particular front. No, we are not. I, I agree. I'm an optimist, but when it comes to that, I really get discouraged because sometimes you think, what is the point of the visa in the first place? Because as I stand here, there are people already from those countries. So I would rather push Bruce that we relax some of the visa requirements but rather make sure we control our borders to know who is in the country so that we can hold them accountable because the visas don't always generate the money that we want because they open themselves to all kinds of corruption as people don't Mm -hmm. always charge what they are supposed to charge they try and help you jump the queue but in the end I would rather not have to have a visa but judging by what has been happening it's going to be a long time before we have visa free travel. Victor Gomez-Juan of the Africa Business Report. Thanks very much, Victor, for joining us this evening on The Money Show.